welcome to this week's episode of the Earwig Review. So, today I want to start by reading some of um, Andre Tarkovsky, the filmmaker. Um, this book is, what's it called? Sculpting in Time, I think it's called. Where's the title page? I printed it off of the internet because in the whole public library system in Toronto here, there's only one reference copy. So it's difficult to get your hands on. So, Sculpting in Time by Andre Tarkovsky. So I want to read a um, section from chapter two. And it was really hard to pin down an, a quote. Because um, I, when I read through the first, like, I think I've finished about three chapters so far. And I really, like, picked out so many different quotes from, from these. I felt really stimulated by, by reading this. Um, I may have read this book before in film school, but I don't think I really got it at the time. Or maybe I didn't see it quite the same way. So this all felt really new to me and, and really exciting. Um... So let me read this quote here from chapter two, page 37. Art, art could be said to be a symbol of the universe, being linked with that absolute spiritual truth with which, which is hidden from us in our positivic, pragmatic activities. In order to be engaged in any scientific system, a person has to avail himself of logical processes of thought. He has to achieve an understanding, which requires at its starting point a particular kind of creativity. Works of art, unlike those of science, have no practical goals in any material sense. Art is a meta-language, with the help of which people try to communicate with one another, to impart information about themselves, and assimilate the experience of others. Again, this has to do not with practical advantage, but with realizing the idea of love, the meaning of which is in sacrifice, the very antithesis of pragmatism. I simply cannot believe that an artist can ever work only for the sake of self-expression. Self-expression is meaningless unless it meets with a response. For the sake of creating a spiritual bond with others, it can only be an agonizing process. One that involves no practical gain. Ultimately, it is an act of sacrifice. But surely, it cannot be worth the effort merely for the sake of hearing one's own echo. I thought that was really um, really interesting. <laughs> um, I think that it's nice to hear that from someone who, you know, one of the great filmmakers of all time, 
for him to, to just say, and this, he wrote this around the end of his life, for him to say, there is no practical gain for making art. Um, to separate those thoughts. The, the point is, let me find that little quote again. is not to a practical advantage but with the real with realizing the idea of love the meaning of which is in sacrifice the very antithesis of pragmatism and he goes on to explain more so in the book that i get the impression from him that explaining what love is and the value of life what is the is the point of his work. That's the way he sees it. Hold on, I got a cat at the door here. Come on in. Okay. The meaning of his work, it seems, is to make that spirit a spiritual connection with people. Um that's life affirming that shows us the value of life. And he, he later on in the book, he says something about we need to be re reminded of death. And that's a big point of it too. Last week I was reading Thich Nhat Hanh and he talks about that a lot as well. It's really, I'm looking at these, these two artists and they're, I really see them saying the same thing. I wouldn't have really drew much connection between Tarkovsky and Thich Nhat Hanh. Uh, but somehow reading those two texts back to back, um, I feel like they're saying really those similar things. Go ahead, Nas. Um, and I think it's, I think I'm learning that, that to be true when I'm, I'm making a lot of YouTube videos um, these past few months. And I really noticed I record myself, you know, doing all monologues every day and a variety of different moods. What's what I've found really interesting is when I record myself and I'm in a negative mood, I'm in a bad mood. I'm generally, it's so, the footage is so unin, uninteresting rather than if I'm excited or inspired in some way. And it's not to say that there's extreme examples of this. I think if you had like a caricature of, of your average kind of YouTube vlog, it's like, it's becomes really fake, right? Where people are like, wow, like this is the best french fries of all time and you know all this kind of like really kind of like california sunshine nonsense it's a big part of the genre though you don't really equate like super negative you know characters on it so there's an extreme but I, i'm starting to understand where that comes from it's when you're when you're editing and when you're putting things together in on that medium it just seems like it's 
it's more interesting. It's not about like shying away from negative emotions and trying to pretend like your life is amazing. It actually just, it's often a more interesting subject when it's inspired. Um, and maybe there's some kind of authentic positivity behind it. There's, I, I think back a couple Saturdays ago, I was in a shitty mood and I couldn't snap myself out of it. And I was filming myself like throughout the day, just, you know, having like, it was enjoyable and, and just doing what I was doing. And all of that was like, I don't know, it seemed like half an hour worth of footage, just like unusable, nothing, total trash. And, uh, that stuck with me. I don't know. It's interesting. And so when I read these texts, Tarkovsky, Tikhon Han, um, I feel like they're saying the same thing of like that, the, the, the point of this stuff is about making that spiritual connection between two people, regardless, religion aside, Tarkovsky, I think if I remember right, he was like a devout Christian of some sort. He never, he doesn't bring it up in, in this book so far. He doesn't need to. Thich Nhat Hanh's a Buddhist. He brings it up, but not in a way of like, you know, there's no, it's not, I think it's like really uh, accepting. It's nothing to worry about there. So anyway, the, this, that, whatever that is, um, I think is, is really important. Let me try to draw that train of thought into another. When he talks about the practicality of art and he talks about separating it from science and science, it's like, it's, it's pragmatic. It's, it's useful. Let me look up the word pragmatic. It's one of those words. Before I start really throwing it around, pragmatic, dealing with things sensibly and realistically in a way that is based on practical rather than theoretical considerations, right? So science, pragmatism, great. Art, he's saying art, pragmatism, fuck that shit. <laughs> and um, there's always the, you know, the war between commercial art and non-commercial art, whatever that, that kind of means. And, you know, all the bullshit that, that surrounds it. So it's, I find it really, really helpful f to hear someone from, like Tarkovsky um, looking at him as like a mentor figure, someone who, you know, we can really learn from just by watching his movies and reading this awesome book. Um, to hear his perspective of like, look, we really got to separate these things. Because I spend a lot of time being like, here's the thing. So my dad is a pediatric dentist, right? Everything in his career was about helping young people, fixing up their teeth. He was in the working in the hospital, all kinds of surgeries all the time. Um, and it was like all hours of the night, he'd get called in to deal with some emergency, you know, um, we'd be out buying comic books on a Saturday afternoon and, um, and he'd get a call and we'd rush over to the hospital and I'd kind of, you know, 
and he'd do some some surgery or check something out. So growing up, it was kind of shaped my worldview of like, look, you got to be useful for people. You got to be helpful. Like that's that's what it's really important. No matter what we're doing, like we might have to drop everything because someone needs help. And I I don't think I resented that. I think I really understood it even at a young age. It was very clear to me. Like, yeah, no, it's let's go do the thing. And then I grew up and I was like, you know, got this, all this creative stuff. I got super addicted to, to making art and, and writing and all this kind of shit. And that became what I did. And so I always am trying to, it's like, how do you make art that's useful for people? Or like, I'm making all this, doing all this writing, but like, who is it for? Is it for me? Is it for is he helping anyone? Because if it isn't, then what the fuck am I doing? And then it, you know, really start to beat yourself up. And it's, it's been hard to get a foundation of confidence um, when you're dealing with with that paradigm. I guess that's uh, that's a one of the big themes of my life. So this quote in particular, it's like, it's helpful for me. It's like this is. This is something I, I feel like it's very meaningful. Um, another, a bit of a jump, but in, I guess this is how I'm processing it all. When I was a kid, the really the only creative thing I saw my dad do was he had an old film camera. It wasn't old at the time just a film camera and he would take family pictures with no just pictures of the family it was like very authentic very just like you know and it was very exciting it's like oh my god we're gonna take a picture and, and it made the moment so important so you know i think and in, in, who knows how it is now with um it's still very exciting for people to take pictures with their family right that'll never get old um, but it was especially theatrical back in <laughs> in the uh, you know early mid '90s or whatever. And he'd also took home videos. We don't have like a crazy amount of them, but like he we had a video camera and it would be on you know going on family trips or just like doing stuff around the house. And he would take video. It's just probably not unlike uh, maybe your family too. And there was something there was something behind all of that kind of um the the energy behind it, I guess, just felt really important to me and really kind of uh very special and very um really important. And uh and I look at my life now and this this thing about making YouTube videos all the time. And essentially what I'm doing is making home videos. <laughs> um, I'm spending like so much time with the home video in the home video world. And, uh, and it's been great. I really, you know, I, I'm only going to want to do it more once our, once our baby is born in a month or less, it seems. So I guess maybe you can see the through line 
and it's not like a great big revelation or a big like life-changing kind of perspective but i guess through this looking at it through this angle of like the point of making creative work and the meaning of it i guess and everything that go along with that i it, it, i feel calm about it it makes me feel feel kind of peaceful so he talks in the quote about the um you can't make things in an echo chamber it can't just be for self-expression alone i think hearing that from from him whereas movies are often challenging to to watch they can be kind of slow and the logic isn't immediately clear they're not as when we think if you thought of a commercial film Tarkovsky's not near the top of the list in a lot of ways it's not like a it's a challenging film it's wildly popular and he's considered one of the best filmmakers of all time but he's but he separates himself you know from he's very angry with commercial film in this book he talks about it a lot he's like if you're making movies to make money fuck you is is kind of the long and short of it or to to not even to make money but to please the audiences um as your intention to make like a, a product that way so he's very much in that in that mindset um and he's he's saying instead you have to have a spiritual connection with people and to do that you need to to talk about things that cannot be talked about in clear language that's the only way to get to the points of these things and to me that just feels like that's yeah that's right that's awesome so anyway that's kind of where i'm at right now i think i literally just did 20 minutes on that and so it goes let's go read the posts I'm excited for these ones. I don't know why, but I feel like uh let's see what let's see what happened. Okay. I will notice the next rock I see. I swept along the garage cleaning out the old leaves. I found a cheese stick thing. I found a green circle thing. I found an enter key. Now, when I walk along the garage, I am happy to see the rocks. It is good to clean things up and get them into a way that you are happy with. Then you can appreciate them in a new way, and you can see the rocks better. I've always liked rocks. They are unbelievable. They are powerful. They are everywhere. I will look forward to the next time I see a rock. I will notice the next rock I see. Um, that's really cool. <laughs> I quite like that poem. Um, and uh, it was so weird. I was so, so I was like, 
on the side of our house, there's just like leaves from years past, all just kind of guttered into the side of like the walkway. And I was, you know, went and I cleaned them all up, got, got rid of them. Um, and I got this huge blister on my, on my hand. It's small now, but it was like, it took all week to heal. It's basically healed now. I think I read a post about it. So we'll get into the blister a bit more. Um, but I must have been sweeping like harder than I realized. I must have really been lost in, in sweeping. So much so that the skin from my thumb just like literally peeled up and, and you know, <laughs> injury by sweeping. And uh, and it was so strange when I found, I, I wrote it in, in the line here, I, I found this enter key. It was like a, from a keyboard like an old keyboard it was such a strange thing to find there it was like kind of potato bugs and like old garbage it was probably like you know like like cheese string lunches and stuff like just funny like snack garbage from clearly from like 20 years ago but this enter key i thought was such an interesting thing to find like how did the enter key fall off and, and imagine that happening how did that happen and I guess thinking about like, it's like the, there's certain keys on your keyboard. I mean, there's kind of all of them when you think about it, but like the enter key, like that, what it feels like to press the enter key. <laughs> it's like, like it's so much a part of, of who I am you never think about pushing the enter key. <laughs> you just do. Spacebar. Delete key. Shift shift key, it's like, yeah, no, shift's like a big deal. And so is control and command. Well, maybe I always get them mixed up. I think it's command. It's like command save, command S. So con control doesn't matter. Here are the important keys. Shift, command, enter, delete spacebar and i'm going to take delete off the list and clarify and say backspace because really the delete key it's the backspace key we care about so let me go again shift key command key spacebar enter backspace each of those keys are just so i've spent a lifetime like using those tools and uh, doing so much with them. It's great. It's a, it's a really, it's a great thing. It's like the, I can't even, ex the, the letters are like the, the expression, right? Like, we understand what the, how the letters work, but the keys that allow us to form things on our screens to create that space. It's it's really cool. It's also a really dumb thing to talk about. <laughs> but I wanted to go for it a bit. Um, all right. Let's go to this one. This is called um, Continuing. I'm happy that things are going the way that they are. I'm able to write a poem like this each day. I'm able to record videos on my camera 
each day. I am able to spend time with my cat and my wife each day. Our car is running well and the weather has become warm. I am writing as good of poems as I ever need to. I am making as good of videos as I ever need to. Now, all there is to do is to continue. That poem, I think, was a way of um, processing the Thich Nhat Hanh book I wrote last week. I think that um, this feels like a result of taking in that book. And, and that's very good. I'm very happy to have read that book. And you can see how books really can, can how much influence and change they can, they can make in your life. And, um, and this one stuck with me a bit. I hadn't read it back or anything, but I remember for the rest of the week, this kind of stayed in my, my head. I was, it almost like became like a mantra of sorts of like, like trying to like convince myself or maybe a, a trying to train myself to believe that the things I'm writing now are, are as good as they'll ever be. Like really, you might know the side of yourself that feels like it's always like going towards, um, like I haven't made my masterpiece yet. I'm going towards it, I'm going towards it. One day, one day, one day, I'll, I'll do something good. It's like, well, what if that train of thought is actually really dumb? And it, and that train of thought that you're very addicted to, that's so ingrained, it's such a, like, it's so ingrained in your neurons, you've been thinking that thought and hardening that thought for years and what that thought is is it's saying like i'm not good enough and maybe and one day i will be but by the time that comes you'll be dead it has to be now you have to be there already and it may be a way it may be a matter of, of changing your beliefs and uh, giving, giving yourself the confidence. You can't, I don't think you can get there without confidence. So you got to sort out, sort things out in such a way that you can start building your confidence. And I suppose Maslow is on my mind. Um, and just thinking about, I think what I realized this week was like, wow, like when I was a lot younger, like I was trying to sk skip steps and go right to the self-actualizing, right to the top of that triangle without doing any of the work. 
and that the triangle Maslow's triangles built you got to build your way to the top if you try to skip a step then the then it crumbles and this is how most stories are are written you know you have the someone who is a workaholic but they're ignoring their family and then therefore the the ground crumbles beneath them and they realize if they don't have a family then their job is pointless and that's the big lesson and we've seen we'll watch that story again and again and again but you need to build your way up and i think when i think back to myself when i was like when i was younger i was like i want to skip i don't want to worry about eating food that's healthy no exercise i'm just going to basically do drugs and live off of fast food and um pay no attention to anything except self-actualizing and being the, the greatest artist i can be and that was a really fun time even though i was totally miserable the whole time <laughs> but i think you know you can't there's no there was no way around it i had to do it and eventually i learned like okay i got to take care of my health and if i take care of my health then um you know i can have like a predictability in my life like a decent kind of you know decent work place that i can do my work and then from there i can have relationships and then from there some self-esteem and then from there self-actualizing and starting to do a bit better i think right now i'm like at the working on the self-esteem stuff that's been like a huge i think through this show especially that's been like a really big boost of confidence but i was able to get there through my i think my relationship my marriage i think was a really the such a big part of that and i really wouldn't have wanted to so it was hard to admit because it's like um sometimes you don't have that and then it's how do you build self-esteem without you know connecting to people and for me that's been that my marriage has been like such a strong foundation for me but it took me you know i didn't get married till i was like i don't know 34 or something um a lot of relationships that didn't work out a lot of heartbreak and and things like that so you know it's strange not to say that there isn't other ways of building community that that aren't marriage but for me that's that's really been such a such a helpful helpful step um anyway self-esteem building self-esteem and believing that and then self-actualizing i guess right that's kind of the next step as i try to figure all this stuff out is believing that what the work you're doing now even if it's not wildly popular and not making it making any money it's still as good of work as you need to be doing and just keep going and that's really that's has to be enough that's is that not how i want to live my life really so that was a a good post 
clearly uh, a lot of meaning behind it. This is the next one, remain interested. I'm not sure that I'm interested in writing about anything that is interesting. I'm not sure that I'm interested in writing anything intelligent. I'm more interested in something else. I'm not sure what it is. If I was sure what it is, I would likely become disinterested in it. I'm interested in making things without thinking about them. It makes it difficult to feel comfortable, but that is great. Sometimes I think that I should change, but it is impossible. And instead, each day, I have to continue to learn confidence. The way to learn confidence is to remain interested and to be honest with yourself about what you're interested in. Um, yeah. Self-acceptance, I think, is uh, is kind of the bottom line with everything I was just talking about and, and what this is saying, too. Um, doing things that you think you are supposed to versus doing things that you truly believe in. That's a learning curve. That's something to figure out. When I was young, I wanted to make money off of being a writer. I realized it was difficult. I went and worked in advertising. I was miserable. I thought, because that's what I thought, that's how I thought I could be useful. Somehow, it was kind of perverse, but that's what my my old therapist said, is that, that was a perverse thought. And I was like, really? Perverse? Is that the word we're using? He's like, yes. <laughs> uh, I was like, he's like, it's perverse. Your, your train of thought, I want to look up the word perverse. Perverse of a person and their or their actions showing a deliberate or obstinate desire to behave in a way that is unreasonable or unacceptable often in spite of the consequences wow he was a good therapist that's such a powerful thing to say i was like you know 25 or something and like being like i'm working i'm going to go work in advertising so that i can get paid to write because that's what the world wants from me. And I knew it was wrong, but I thought that I would gain some insight if I did that. And I did gain insight. I, I really understood like, wow, you really have to do what you need to do or else you're going to be a miserable piece of shit. And that's not going to help anyone. Anyway, don't have perverse thinking. <laughs> do what you love to do as much as you can, as much as you can. Build your confidence and know that whatever you're making is, is, is literally as good as you'll ever, as you can do. You're not like, that's it. And 
and what you're making isn't a piece of shit, the, the, the metric is not popularity and money. The metric is, and the metric is not, okay, this is, this is, I think the, the, where I'm trying to, this is where I'm like standing up and pondering. This is like where I'm at right now. The metric is not popularity and, and fortune, fame and fortune, right? Like, fuck that shit. Even though, yes, like, it seems like there's a lot of good, but there's also a lot of bad. But, like, with that as your sole intention, it's, like, clear that that's not the path. And if, even if it is and you accomplish that, it seems like anyone who's done that, they're, like, on the other side being like, hey, this isn't the path. <laughs> this isn't the thing. It's something else. There's success here, but... Uh, that when you from that point of view, that's they're like I swear it's not the thing, you know. Doing it only for yourself and completely um, doing it in in the echo chamber, self expression for the sake of self expression alone. Maybe that isn't enough. I think that's maybe where I'm at now is real. Like I really, really think that I have spent a lot of effort in seeing if that was enough. Being like, maybe what if that's just enough? What if it's just that? Not out of laziness or confusion, but out of like genuine interest. I'm like, if I write something that I think is perfect, and I stop worrying about. Don't think of anyone else. Is it enough? And the answer is no. It it actually. I know that feeling. I feel like I've made things that are exactly perfect for me. And and it's got. There's more to it. Because the the happiness and kind of the positivity from connecting with someone. Even just one person. Even when it's just Miriam. Was just my wife who watches a video I made about us, and she's like, "Wow, that was really nice." Like that really feels good, you know. So it's like that. This is that's I guess the new hypothesis is that's what we need to aim towards. You can't get there unless you make things that you yourself really love. If you sell that out if you ignore that and you don't make something that that you yourself think is great so you got to learn how to okay (laughs) let's put it this way you got to learn how to do make work that you yourself are happy with and when you get there then you can start to bring in other people's opinions. And you can never sell yourself out. You never lose that foundation of, of making sure that what you, uh, what you love about your work is there. Never lose that. And once you figure that out, then you can start 
finding people that also connect with that, that also understand it. And that doesn't mean changing it for them. It just means finding people that also are interested in that way of looking at the world and that, that they, that they connect with it on a, in a way that maybe they, they don't even understand in, in pragmatic terms. <sighs> Good. That's helpful. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> for being here. Um, and going through this with me. Um, good. The injury. When I was sweeping up the leaves last weekend, I got a blister on the bottom of my thumb. The skin peeled upward in a strange way. Each day the skin has grown back a small amount. It is impossible to understand how skin understands, what to do, how does it know, how to grow the right amount, to cover up the injury. It seems impossible to think that it knows because I know, but it must be the exact reason. It is impossible to understand that you are also your body. More accurately, I should phrase it differently. It is impossible to understand that I am also my body. I will try not to think too much about it. The best thing to do is probably to make sure to keep doing exercise. That is understanding enough. Good. Um... I'm going to be honest. When I was reading that, I was still stuck on the train of thought from before. And I was thinking about two people that really seem to understand and connect with the creative work that, um, that I made when I was younger and we were, and they were two of the closest people that I talked to all the time. And they were, they were close friends of mine and they both, died from overdosing on fentanyl. Not at the same time, not in the same location, within the same year, but it's, uh, I guess I don't know what to make of all that. I don't think there might not be anything to really understand, but that's a big one to unpack. And I don't know if there is anything to unpack. It, it, it just is, but I suppose. I guess I was just thinking about that as as I, I was as I was reading this this poem that called the injury taking care of your physical self is a is a big responsibility I'm lucky that I haven't had 
many health problems that way. And I've been able to overcome my addictions in the past and without much, um, without many repercussions. Really, I put my body through a lot of, a lot of bullshit, but it seemed resilient in the end. And uh, I guess each day watching this, watching my thumb, this little kind of blister, the small blister, but it was such an apparent place. It's like it's one of these injuries. I just like kept was just like always there. And uh, and truly, it's so strange to to watch your body heal and to be like, wait, I guess I'm doing that. <laughs> but but you're not like you know who you are, and you're not the guy who's knowing how to heal a blister on your hand. <laughs> That's coming from somewhere else, right? I don't know. At least for me, I don't. I would really wonder if there's people out there who believe they can consciously heal in their physical, I don't know, man, it's, uh, it's a weird one. Okay. We got two more. Telepathic liposuction. I sat at my desk for most of the day. I had the discipline to sit, but I did not have focus. It seems as though I accomplished nothing. I need liposuction, telepathically, or telepathic liposuction. I tried walking it off. I went to the library. I drank espresso next to traffic. I tried to be there, but I was somewhere else. Somewhere between the coffee heat and the exhaust. I spent the rest of the afternoon processing my confusion in my journal while sitting with my cat outside. Afterward, I read some chapters of a book. I was fascinated by them but still I felt embittered about myself. I know that tomorrow at a certain point it will shift. I will feel more like myself, but I suppose I had a difficult time getting there today. Um, yeah, I was, in a, I was in a bad mood. I was in a negative mood and uh, and I couldn't snap myself out of it. This does happen. And um, I knew there was no real reason for it. The next day I was feeling a little sick, so I might have been like really exhausted. This may be what this was, or fighting off some kind of bug. But, uh, but it's tough when you're in the moment, you know you're not, you're like, you're in a zone. You're not doing so well. And it's like trying to fix it, trying to get through it. I think patience is a good shot. Trying to just, 
if you can just wait 24 hours, for me, often that's enough. And maybe you just got to kind of give a heads up to the people who have to deal with you. It's got to it's got to be like your family and close friends. You can't be like the people at work like oh, I'm having a bad day. Leave me alone. But if you can just kind of flag and be like, hey, like I'm I'm in a weird weird zone. So sorry. But it's still not great. It's, it's so unfair, you know, to to the people around you when you're in a shitty mood and they have to fucking deal with it. But. I was, that's when I came across this book, this Tarkovsky book, and look at the influence that it's had on me from, you know, from everything I've said today so far. So that's kind of interesting, I guess, but in the moment, hard to kind of, hard to accept and hard to understand. Um, good, good enough. The... This liposuction telepathy thing is kind of seems a bit silly, but I guess I was trying to say like, I gotta get these. I have a bunch of shitty thoughts that I wish I could just kind of go in and cut out, or however liposuction works. They literally just seem to rip it out of you. Okay, one more. At some other time earlier. I don't always know what is going on in the world. Today, for instance, we went to eat ice cream. And I didn't know about anything except the ice cream that we were eating. One scoop was vanilla and the other scoop was some kind of fruit. It was mango or passion fruit or something like that. We were eating the ice cream and I didn't even know what flavor it was. Now I'm sitting here near the window. I'm looking at the black sky and the shadows. I suppose that there are also street lights there going along the road. I don't know much else about the world. Even the moon is nowhere to be found. Even the moon is trying to remember what kind of ice cream it was eating at some other time earlier. Um, that's good. I feel like this, this feels a little different to me. I feel like this is going towards, I feel like this is the kind of poem that I'm learning how to write um lately i don't know how to explain what i mean by that but i feel like this is the this is the type of poem i'm practicing and I'm, and it feels a bit more fresh and more when i read them i'm like i like where it's i like where it's going Maybe it's a, it's the, the ability to not worry about doing anything too theatrical or too dramatic and focusing on um, observing details 
without being too ironic um, or absurd with them. I think, you know, I spent probably a lot, wrote a lot of poems about like, there's a crumb of dust on the floor and like making a whole adventure for the crumb of dust and all this kind of shit where it was like so stupid, but I had so much fun being stupid about it. And I had a lot of energy to get out that way. But now it seems like I exhausted that in a good way. And now it's like, okay, really like what, what's the impulse to write about something small? And to take it seriously and to really think of yourself and, and how you see the world and, and to take that seriously, take that more seriously too. And if it's not this giant Hollywood style log line, this must read kind of idea, that's okay. So that feels like a good place to to start to uh land the thing <laughs> um so thank you for uh for being here for this episode and um i i like that one actually that was really helpful for me to do and really this uh, i used to hate sundays <laughs> I really used to hate Sundays because because no one works and I was bored and it just felt like so so awkward to me and I loved Monday because we could go everyone could would go be productive again and we do stuff but doing the show and making it this taking up this space on Sunday morning has now become the best part of the week in a lot of ways. I got a few best parts of the week, I think, but this is, this might be the one, really. So I may have said it before, but if you have any impulse at all to record yourself talking into a microphone (laughs) about whatever, and calling it a podcast and releasing it online, I would really suggest you do so. Because it, and and the first one I did was so, it made no sense. It was literally like incomprehensible and I had no plan. And I, I, well, I just had these poems. I just had the poems I wrote that week. And I was like, I'll just read them and I don't know what else to say. And it was so weird. And everyone was like, what the hell? But now it's really grown into this thing where it's kind of means like so much meaning in, in being able to do this for for myself. And uh, so I just I would just say, like, if you have any impulse at all to do something like this, it's worth it. And and it will get better each time. And uh Give it a shot. Thank you again, and we'll see you again uh, next week.